Welcome back to episode 117 of the On The Table Gaming Podcast. And today we're talking with the brains behind Marvel Zombicide with game designer Fabio Curry and game designer and development manager at CMON, Michael Chanel. Hey Chase, it's always a pleasure. And today, I guess, for the first time in a long time, we won't be talking about A Song of Ice and Fire. That is true. A lot of people might know you from your work, both of your work on A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. And, you know, on that note, be sure to stick around for the end of this interview. We're going to do a quick Coach's Corner talk for A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game with Brett Lanfer. He's going to talk me through a new interesting list he's been cooking up. So we'll get a little bit of song in there. But let's jump in and talk about this 50th Kickstarter for Simon and what could be more fitting than a zombie side game to celebrate. So let's get in with this. And Michael, I got a question for you. So out of the two of you, who do you think would best survive a zombie apocalypse? Chase, I'm still kind of reeling from your opening pun because you know how I feel about those. <laughs> So I just have to get that off my chest to start with. But secondly, uh, no offense to Fabio here, but um, there's absolutely zero chance that uh, he would compete with me in raw survival uh, when it comes to a zombie apocalypse. Simply put, because like, you know, listen, you can start prepping for a zombie apocalypse before it even happens. I mean, you can get used to eating people well before the apocalypse actually happens. Oh, my gosh. Wait, you're planning on being a zombie? Uh, you can prep for eating people if you plan on being a zombie, right? But... <laughs> Um, oh, right. You're right. There we go. It's that but, type of no, limited no. thinking that's going to make you dead. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe well, Michael may have some better survival skills. I, I, I don't know, right? I, I have diabetes, so I, I depend on um, refrigerated medicines. So a, a, a zombie apocalypse is not a good place for me. All right. All right. Sorry to hear that. I guess, I mean, I guess that question is maybe a no brainer. Right, too. <laughs> Marvel zombie side. Now, this, this is fantastic and that you're blending really two huge IPs here. And actually, Michael, you've started to get a little bit of a reputation for being, you know, the the big IP guy, right? You had, uh, what was it? You were working with Sony for Bloodborne, Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. You work with George R. R. Martin, Masters of the Universe recently. That's with Mattel. And so now you've got both Zombicide and Marvel, you know, especially with pairing this last one together. You know, what are what are some of the challenges of working within an existing game framework like this with such a big, such big IPs that people love? You know, I got to be honest there, Chase. I I do feel, and this has been a growing feeling over the last couple of years, that I am kind of getting typecast into working with our major IB partners. And I that feels like a really weird thing to say and much more sound like I'm complaining about because <laughs> I know like every single one of these projects is someone's dream project. But I think that what it comes down to, uh, I'm just going to be very blunt here. This is a matter of professionalism. If you're giving an IP to work on, okay, you can be a fan of that IP. But even if you're not, you need to be willing to put in the time and research and everything to make sure that you know enough about that IP to properly do it justice. And that matters for every single project that you're working. Like I have stated before in the past, back with Bloodborne, I was not I had not played the video game. I was not a huge fan of it, of you know the IP at the time before I was assigned to that project. But the first steps of that is you begin researching it. You begin to understand it. You need to know what the fans like about it. What you know? What makes this so popular? Luckily, in that case, it ended up being probably one of my favorite video games to the point where I've memorized damn near everything in it. So that just happened to work out. But even in a situation where you know I've been assigned to a project that, like, okay, you know, I'm impartial to this, or you know, it's fine. That doesn't matter. 
You do your research as a professional. You need to understand what makes it tick, why people like it, and how to properly do it justice. Marvel Zombies here just happened to be another situation where, like, I will admit, I'm not the biggest superhero fan. I've watched the movies. I've read a few comics over the years. Much more DC stuff. But Marvel Zombies specifically... I actually did get a real big kick out of um, that franchise, so I actually did keep up with that. I will say, not a big fan of Marvel Zombies Resurrection, the newer one, um, personal taste. I like the kind of <laughs> grim, lighthearted, dark humor tone of the original versus the newer one, which took itself a little too seriously for my taste, but doesn't matter. You, you got to know the IP. Even when they started like you know uh, veering away from the original idea of Marvel Zombies and they started just kind of... Um, there's like 12 plus volumes in like the trade paperback. Not all of those stories are great, but... I still, you know, still went through and researched them all and reread them all and made sure to understand the IP. You know, I, I've just recently been jumping in and looking at the comics for that. Um, you know, I really first became aware of Marvel Zombies uh, after that What If episode on on Disney Plus. And so one thing, so this is this uh, Marvel Zombie side game. It's it's pulling from the comics or is it is everything in the wider you know, Marvel Universe sphere, is that all available as well? Uh, so when it comes to the Marvel Zombies IP, basically we are f- we are free to do anything that is related to them, the overarching whole. But we have chosen to focus on the original Marvel Zombies run, which was Marvel Zombies 1 through 3, Marvel Zombies Return, Dead Days. We are pulling elements from kind of everywhere because there's been a couple other like, um, not what if stories, but mini segments featuring zombies. And then you have Marvel Zombies Resurrection, and then you have some other things that we have done that are going to be viewed as probably a little original, but mainly the heart and like kind of core of all this is based around that original run by Kirkman uh, from uh, 15 years ago. Okay, that's that's good to know. Okay, because I feel like you know there's so many people that interface with the Marvel, you know, comics, shows, uh, movies. I mean, there's a huge sort of intertwined system now, and uh, a lot of people are coming in from from very different entry points. So it's good to kind of have a way to be like, okay, here's where it's anchored in. I think one of the important things to really take away there is while we're pulling from, you know, uh, most anywhere, the core rules for how like the zombies work and everything are the ones that we're basing in the original Marvel Zombies, which was to say that anything and anyone could become a zombie. They didn't. They played real fast and loose of that. And then the way the virus worked was that, you know, they're still sentient. They are driven by this hunger to eat, though, and it is so strong that it is a compulsion that beats out every superhero. Uh, later in the story, that kind of changes a bit. I'm not going to get into the specifics or in spoilers, but that is different than, say, the resurrection line, which is like, okay, if you're not organic, like a robot or a tree or something like that, no, you couldn't get infected by the zombie virus. The original one, they were just like, yeah, whatever. Ghost Rider can be a <laughs> Ghost Rider, who's a demon and, you know, OK, he can vision robot. Sure, whatever. Zombie robot. Go with it. You know, it was just they played fast and loose and it was just like, let's have fun with it, even though it was super dark and morbid. But just to understand that's like kind of where the grounding rules are is in the original. And Fabio, you kind of you've moved up from a developer role into a designer role. So first off, congratulations. How's that feel? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Actually, it's great to be part of another process in the pipeline. You know, it, it presents different challenges than development, but it's certainly really, really interesting. And I'm, I'm really happy that I was given this opportunity, right, to be part of such a big franchise. So, you know, we know you've got some more gaming chops from A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. But, you know, are you coming in green when it comes to Zombie Side as its own franchise? Oh, not really. <laughs> I actually was the lead developer for Zombie Side Invader and also Zombie Side 2.0, including um, some of the campaign expansion boxes such as Fort Hendrix and Washington ZC. So, I, I know my fair share of Zombie Side, and I think that's one of the things that uh, really helped me in this project for sure is because I knew what were the core features of what made Zombicide interesting 
already had a chance to talk to the Zombicide creators more than once um, through the development cycle of these previous games. My, I guess that my Achilles heel was the Marvel Zombies universe because I, I think I'm your average nerd. I know a little bit of Marvel. Like I've watched the movies. I read a couple comics, but I I'd never dabbled in Marvel Zombies. I didn't even know really that this whole universe existed. So I had to do a lot of research. Like Michael said, like, it doesn't matter if you were previously a fan, I guess after these projects, you end up becoming a fan, right? Or at least a reference point for, for these, uh, for this kind of information. So after having so much time as a developer in the zombie side kind of realm, um, you know, those are games that I've enjoyed, particularly for me, Black Plague, has been a, a, a zombie side set that you know I got a lot of time and I really really enjoyed and I know one of the cool things about zombie side is there's a lot of iterations of this game. Uh, do you find that's also a challenge? Like you know I know you're adding a lot to zombie side here coming in with the Marvel element, right? And and I think it's so cool to have these you know Marvel zombies. Yeah, you know is it hard to kind of design in that space though when you've got such a a long history already established by the game? Like when you sit down to play Marvel Zombie Side, like I, I kind of have some expectations that it's gonna be like Zombie Side, but also I, I kind of have some hopes that it will not just be like you know a Zombie Side that I've played before. Have you find that challenging? If you, you hear what I'm getting at in, in the in the design space. Um, yeah, it is challenging, but I want to actually first give kudos to the original Zombicide design team because what they did was create a framework for a game that can be easily adapted uh, for future iterations. So they made our job a little bit easier than you would expect. One thing I want to say is that uh, it's been funny through this process uh, learning that like some people have been gone like, oh, Marvel Zombies... Like, oh, that's a new concept like Simon has come up with. I'm like, this is a franchise that's been around for nearly or over <laughs> 15 years at this point. And just seeing the amount of people that are like, they had no idea that this was a thing. And I get it. Like, okay, you know, not everyone's a comic book nerd. And, you know, people know Marvel from movies and stuff like that. But I have just, I, it surprised me. And uh, when I saw like the amount of people that just uh, were like, yeah, th this is based on a comic book series that had a new release last year, but one also 15 years ago by the same guy who did Walking Dead. But, you know, then again, we're also talking that was also uh, 15 years ago, which, man, saying that just makes me feel uh, older and older. But as Fabio said here, you know, we had a strong foundation to work with from the Guillotine Games crew. Um, when we were doing the initial concepts for this game, that was the uh, the trick was that we had this whole like list of like, OK, this is Marvel zombies. We can't just apply the same standard zombie side formulas here to how this game works, but we want to have a lot of parallels to existing stuff. So that's mainly a, a lot of how this works is that there's a lot of new mechanics here and there's a lot of mechanics that might seem new. But frankly, they're just kind of twists and variations of the classic stuff you'll see in zombie side. And that's by intent, because by all means this is a zombie side game we would if it was if this was not we wouldn't say that we'd call it something else you know this the foundation for all of this is based in zombie side just with tweaks and you know modifications here to give it some new gameplay elements but also to make it fit with the setting so if you've played zombie side before it should feel familiar but there's going to be enough there new that if you have you know recently picked up a zombie side kickstarter this might be you might want to still be jumping in on this one as well yeah for sure okay. i like mechanically I'd say there are enough changes that this makes for a whole new experience. So 
I'd say if you like Zombicide, but you don't like Marvel, I don't know who that applies to in the universe, but okay. <laughs> um, I'd say it's still a nice grab because once again, the, the new mechanics that are being introduced here are, are really interesting. At least I hope so. Well, I'm excited for that. It's kind of funny because I, you know, I spent a lot of time playing games like a Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. You know, I do have Bloodborne, which is also a great game. Uh, but what's funny is that a Zombicide itself is is a is a, a, a somewhat more simpler game and i realize that you know it doesn't have the, the complexity of maybe a war game but yeah it's a game that i think i've gotten out the most to play with people and and brought in people who maybe don't typically play uh games as much but it's like an easy one to pick up and before you know you're having fun and you know gosh with the the marvel theme like overlaid on this like oh my gosh I, i'm excited to pick it up because i just think it's it's gonna be one i'm gonna have a lot of good moments and memories of playing with people and i can see it getting a lot of table time so I've got high hopes and the uh, kind of teaser, uh, you know, you did your, your live stream where you showed a teaser video that showed a lot of elements in the core box. And you actually talked about a lot of stuff in that live stream. So I'll link that in the show notes, but we see the, the core box right at the bat. And then man, the art style on that is amazing. Uh, who did you say that was? That was, that's an actual uh, Marvel artist. Yeah. Marco Keketo. Definitely. He's a powerhouse artist, right? Now it's a, but yeah, he is like, he is one of the guys at Marvel. Like he is one of their up and comers. He's done like Daredevil, Fantastic Four. He's done a ton of stuff for them. He is one of their like, he's one of their big name artists. Oh my gosh! So that's just that just the the graphics that you used in that video. I am a kind of a sucker for like high production quality videos, and the art was popping up, getting examples of what the character art would look like, and the box art were like everybody's fighting. You've got Doctor Strange flying around. You got Captain Marvel. You've got Black Panther, Wasp. Is everybody in that image, is that all in the core box that you'll get? Yep, everything you're seeing there is core box content. Oh my gosh, Deadpool, you know, Iron Man, uh, Zombie Hulk. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is going to be absolutely fantastic because the sculpts you showed off, those, I, you know, I have collected, uh, hmm, I have collected other Marvel miniatures as well. And to be frank, I was kind of blown away by what was shown in the video. Uh, and I know you held some up in the camera too. Sometimes the webcam quality is a little tough to see, but uh, you know those are super impressive. So I think you've got a lot of a lot of people that are going to get this just for the plastic itself because those sculpts look fantastic. One thing I did notice is that everybody on the box here are heroes, and it's probably a silly question to ask if there will be other heroes and things available because you know you guys are kind of known for stretch goals and additional things like that you know will there be villains can you play as villains in a game like this what is a villain in this situation right oh that's a that's a whole deeper question actually so we did say that we were going to have bystanders and i guess like even um obviously he's not in the core box but galactus is part of the game so galactus is a villain, right? At least in my mind, he is, even if he has his own personal motivations. Cue the, but, the Michael, like, from a certain point of view, I mean, what could be? <laughs> but well, actually, Galactus is just a primal force of nature of the universe, okay? He oh, is geez, part of the ecosystem of how creation works, actually. So, yeah, if that counts, right, I, I guess that's as close as an answer as we can give. So my actual thoughts on that is uh, a quote immediately came to my mind is that people often ask for a hero when a villain is what they truly need. And I will just respond to that by saying that, you know, in a situation where the universe, not the world, the universe has been taken over by a zombie plague, you kind of got to like throw those titles out the window. It's just a matter of are you infected or are you not? OK, yeah. So that actually raises another concern. You showed, you know, so instead of zombies, it sounds like you're going to have shield agents that you're you're, you know, 
chomping on your, or as I think Fabio, as you said, or nom nomming. <laughs> is it is it a zombie side then or anymore? Or is there some other? Is it because I feel like zombie side is the killing of zombies. This is, this is everything's flipped on its head. So you are going around maybe not as bad guys then, but as a fulfilling your primal urge as a zombie to infect others. And and that's the basic gameplay loop. Well, that's like the Macbethian like tragedy of this setting is that they don't have any control over their hunger. They they have to eat. They can't like that. That's the thing about the whole series that you're dealing with some of the main characters. Some of them are dealing with, I guess, not survivor's guilt, but zombie guilt over the fact of like they go crazy. They have to eat people around them. And then all of a sudden, now that they're eat, they've eaten people, their hunger is placated and they can get back to like thinking normal. And then they come to the terms of the realization of what they just did, uh, which in turn creates this uh, spiral. <laughs> this, is, this is a pretty deep game. Here. I think we're playing, sitting around like asking ethical questions here. <laughs> but j- just to make a point here, it would be a very hard stretch to say that you're playing the good guys because, <laughs> you know, you are playing a bunch of zombies uh, against shield agents who are trying to their best to defend and escort bystanders into safety zones. But meanwhile, you're playing this ravenous monster that's going and eating people. I, I think the moral lines that you, you can't really pull the gray area card there gotcha (laughs) and so you're so you're fighting these shield agents and i think the terminology has been updated since black plague but you have your like kind of your basic zombies or your basic shield guys then what are they they're they're no longer they're are they brutes now what's the kind of the middle tier zombie the name change for the um uh for the shield guys is we have troopers which replace your walkers we have uh your guards which replace your brutes which is a uh a name change that we did from calling them fatties before. I'm not going to get into mm-hmm. that. Uh, then we have special uh, specialists who replace your runners and then your superheroes uh, replace your abomination. So there will be infected zombies and then you have your superheroes that you'll also be fighting and, and trying to infect as well. Well, technically by the game terms, infected refers to superheroes since that's the term oh, okay. they use in like the comic series. It's another one of those ones where they refuse to use the Z word. Oh, gotcha. Huh? But effectively, yeah, in the, uh, the setting here. So yeah, you're against shield and something to note that with that, you know, a lot of, you know, that's something we didn't get to cover a lot in the live stream. There are some new tricks that the shield guys will implement that your standard zombies won't. Now we wanted to kill course, keep the zombie side simplicity there. So your standard enemy types do function the way they did before, but there are a couple new cards in their, um, in their spawn deck that allow them to act in some ways. They're a little bit more befitting someone who is not a mindless zombie, like, you know, mainly using some range weapons or doing some evasive maneuvers against the guys who are trying to melee and bite you to death. Oh, sweet. Oh man, that sounds awesome actually. Which we'll cover a lot more of that in like future updates and articles and whatnot. So we won't get into that too much here, but that is just a little tidbit to throw out there. And then you did talk about this on the stream, but just to get some clarity here, now that I've got you right here, I can ask you. Um, so, you know, a big part of a zombie side is uh, collecting items and equipment. You're looking for like torches or whatever, uh, Uzis and baseball bats. And so you were saying on the stream that, you're, you know, Captain America is not going to be like searching for his shield or like fighting with a baseball bat. And that these are uh, there's other upgrades that you you get. H- how does that work, or is can you speak to that at all? Yeah, but I think instead of performing a search action, because once again, it doesn't make sense for the Hulk to grab an old baseball bat or a crowbar, right? He can just pummel you uh, or his <laughs> enemies, right? And what we did is we we used this thing we called hunger traits, right? And they act very similar where a hero, uh, uh, an infected hero may spend an action to draw a hunger trait. And usually these are effects that you may use later on that, that may grant you benefits, but they're mostly expendable. Okay. 
So then how do you keep from just, you know, is it is there a limit to that? Can I just sit in a corner and like hide and be like, I'm just drawing infected traits like I am amazing. You absolutely can do that, Chase, but you're going to have to deal with your hunger that is going to be slowly ticking up every single round that you're not eating someone. And if it gets too high, you're going to start suffering damage and go ravenous. Oh, interesting. Okay, so there's like a there's a motivation to engage. There is so there's a you know a zombie like drive. Okay, you can't be passive in this game. Like otherwise, you will literally die. Okay, that's undie. actually interesting. That's that's a zombie first undie. <laughs> yeah, the people in the chat were calling it undead pool. Oh, so that's a whole new mechanic, then, right? We haven't had anything like that in any of the more recent iterations of Zombie Side. Okay. Hmm. In normal Zombie Side, you're already motivated to go forward, right? And right. You're limited to searching indoors in normal Zombicide, which is not the case here. So once again, you have this motivation to not stay still, right? With with these mechanical changes, once again, we need to evaluate if the threat levels are still real and, and things like that, which we are doing, of course, just to get a little bit more technical in the answer. And then it sounded in the live stream like you were saying that bystanders are a kind of like an objective piece then? Well, they can be. It just depends on the scenario. Bystanders will always be on the map. Uh, they have designated points like uh, printed on the tiles that they will show up in most buildings and most tiles. But sometimes based on the scenario, they'll act as the objectives. Sometimes they are just passive things that exist there. So, you know, again, like standard zombie side, um, all, a lot of the pieces, uh, a lot of the pieces are kind of modular and sandboxy. So it just depends on like what that given scenario wants you to do. So sometimes, you know, your mission, it will be as simple as just eat all the bystanders. Sometimes your mission is something completely different. The reason you're there and there just happens to be a bunch of tasty meals like. Okay, that makes sense. So and then we saw the tiles you you showed uh four tiles and they were all really cool in that they were like themed locations and it could be from the uh oscorp lab to the avengers headquarters um is every tile gonna have some sort of like throwback to a marvel reference or is there just like plain generic streets uh every single tile has some sort of reference on it even if it is just a plain street or if it seems like oh this is just a plain building or something there's actually going to be some type of little easter egg on every single one of them like um one of them i know is the uh oh this is gonna get me so like one easter egg i know is i believe one of the buildings like it doesn't outright say this or whatnot but there's a lot of hints to the alias building from jessica jones oh, so like okay the, so there's like yes. I, I was looking at this one like even the oscorp one there's some like tech right it looks like a uh like a glider or some sort of machine some green thing in there uh so there's like you could kind of tell like oh just by looking at there's a sign obviously it says oscorp on the outside but like you're just poking around the inside you can see references to that would you know clue you in on that otherwise mm -hmm. so like you know again like if you pay attention to all the tiles even some of the trash on the streets and things like that has some really cool like little easter like zoom and enhance here hmm <laughs> <laughs> so i mean this sounds fantastic uh so you know what's the what's the fantasy then so you know if you're you know i think we get a good sense of that but if you're gonna like really kind of sell us on the you know the experience like what are maybe experiences that have come up in playing this game or, or, or developing the game like is there a you know a kind of a, a loop where you've been moving to the streets doing something and you're like wow this isn't you know we're not looking for a torch to throw in some dragon bile to burn an, ab burn an abomination but instead you're having these other cool moments that like, you know, make a zombie side game a zombie side game or make zombie Marvel, zombie Marvel. Any like moments stand out? Honestly, the bystanders right now are one of my favorite elements because they do kind of put a little bit more spice into um, what you have to do during the game. And we all recognize them. So they really do create those like story moments. You do feel like you're 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 in the comic books in a sense, obviously, like in a very abstract sense. In the images you showed, 
There was Captain Marvel uh, with a with a Cree head in her hand. There was Spider Man, and then in the middle you had Pepper Potts with like a briefcase. Is that a Pepper Potts? Is that a bystander there then? Yep, that's her. So you could have a situation where like zombie Iron Man is trying to devour or like you know attack or infect Pepper Potts. The yep. very last playtest game that I was a part of ended with. Iron Man rushing into a building, discovering Pepper Potts inside and devouring her to fulfill the <laughs> scenario objectives. And I could not have been prouder. Oh, geez. So this, I feel like this this setting has like a, a slight like Chanalian touch on it. I think this is a, a good match. So this is something that I also wanted to say during the stream, but you know, there's just so so little time and everything. But one thing to acknowledge here is that like this is comic books. It's very rare to ever see a character that has a name that's important ever not having been a superhero at some point so that's something that i feel that like yeah the hardcore like you know comic fans and everything are gonna are gonna pull that you know well actually you know she was iron maiden at one point she could definitely take on a you know bunch of zombies like yes okay like we get it everyone has been a superhero at some point everyone has had superpowers at some point but you know those lines have to be drawn at some places and so you know what we've done is that you know we you know, when you think of like the superhero roster of like the Avengers, for example, you know, Thor, Black Widow, Iron Man, Captain America, Pepper Potts does not jump on that list as a combat fighter. So, you know, in those situations, yes, they're going to be relegated to bystander, even though, yes, she could don, you know, her uh, Iron Maiden armor and go out there and start blasting zombies. But we do have some mechanics in the game for like bystanders like Agent Coulson or um, as Fabio actually let slip in the last live stream. Uh, Okoye in the core box as well. These are combat focused characters, so they actually do have means of fighting back. Okay, so the bystanders can actually fight too, like a regular zombie horde, like a regular shield agent. Okay, sorry, there yeah. we go. Yeah, ah, they okay. can they can fight back very minimally. <laughs> but they can still fight back, and sometimes that can matter. There's no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, you can have that moment where Coulson just, you know, manages to, you know, ding zombie Hulk and deal him a wound before he gets devoured. Oh, Hulk, no like that. I'm I'm really excited. I think this is like a, a really cool mashup of uh, a fun series and a great theme. And, you know, we'll be hearing more about this. I'm sure that, you know, in the kind of the normal CMON marketing rollout and uh, any 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 previews or any hints at like what we might want to be finding out about in the future. That's tough because we already have a lot of. <laughs> things planned. I don't want to step on okay. anyone's toes. There's so much, so many questions to come down the line. I Hopefully uh, I'll just have to wait with bated breath for uh, what you guys start to tease in the future going forward. I mean, the core box looks fantastic. Okay, how about this? Out of the core box, you know, you've got some superheroes on here like Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and, and uh, Black Panther. You've got your infected. Out of those characters, are there ones that you in particular like to play when you play this? Or just, you know, currently might be a... a one you're enjoying i like the repulsor gauntlets on iron man but then again i i used to like a very similar ability in uh, the older zombicides uh, i i won't get into more details but <laughs> hmm. yeah there, there are a couple of zombicide abilities which are are notorious and i guess iron man can sort of do one of those with his repulsor gauntlets how about you michael any favorite characters uh hmm how do the looking at the 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 zombie characters here i that's really tough because the thing is one of the 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 bits here and this is one of the changes that we made is that uh every character you know you no longer choose your abilities as you level up they have a set like skill that they always get so you know the blue skill for captain america is set in the the orange skill the red skill and so forth there's not any choice about what you're gaining and that allowed us to customize each character 
uh, very meticulously to their specific skill set. So each of them has a very distinct play style, which um, in normal zombie side, you had a bit of a, a kind of a freeform method of when you were leveling up based on the weapons you found, based mm-hmm. on like what you chose as your skills. Here, if I'm playing Captain America or I'm playing Iron Man, I'm playing them because there's a very specific kind of um, either because they're my favorite character or because there's a very specific play style that they're bringing to the table. Like Iron Man, of course, is not going to want to just get up in the thick of things. You know, he's much more kind of agile and can move around and has a lot of like kind of tech tricks and everything. Very different experience from playing someone like the Hulk, who is just I'm going to go up there and smash those guys until they're all dead. And then I'm going to eat them. You know, so it's just a different experience for each one that you, you know, depending what you want. Having said that, it's very hard for me to not enjoy playing the Hulk in the core game because I first off, I love the skull. I mean, it's just this, it's just a big you know, meaty Hulk. How can you dislike it? But then, too, his whole play style is about like he can take down enemy superheroes better than almost any of the other core box characters. That's a unique kind of setting to him. And also he can do some big AOE attacks. Also the way he works in Marvel zombies, and this is the comic books as well as the game is that he gets stronger, the hungrier he is. And then actually when he eats people, he reverts back to banner. We don't have a mechanic to represent that um, on his character card, but he does have the whole thing about he is <laughs> instead of going like, you know, Hulk strongest one there is. He also goes Hulk hungriest one there is. And he usually finds, everyone else to see who gets you know to to eat oh man i this is gonna be so cool especially i'm just going through the comics now and uh it's been really fun just seeing that and getting ideas for what could or could not be in this game and it's such a such a ripe ip to draw from i feel like you've got a lot of options here so i'm excited to see what what direction you guys go as you uh sort of tease out new stuff for this hmm i i want i think i'd probably be most interested in captain america out of the core box here I'm a little bit. I like I like Captain America. He's kind of a straight shooter there. But Zombie Cap, that's that's some some ethical dilemmas there. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is one of those. Uh, I'm just going to throw a little bit of like, you know, knowledge lore there and everything there is that in the Marvel Zombies original universe, uh, the one of the ways they distinctly show that it is a parallel universe because Marvel loves doing that is that it is not Captain America. It is Colonel America. But that is one of those minor changes that like we're using Captain America because, you know, the, this is the Marvel era. 99% of the people in the world, if we put down Colonel America, they're going to go like, why did you guys get his name wrong? Got so. Yeah, so you got to make some, some changes for accessibility and stuff. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, but that's the type of thing that, you know, again, if, you're, if you deep dive know the franchise and everything, yeah, you're going to see that and notice that and comment on that. But again, I hope you also understand, like, why that change is made. Right. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. Oh man, okay. Well, there's a huge. I know uh, people are super excited about the sculpts. Our our, our buddy Mike Meeple for um, Mike Meeple Painting Poorly, who does a lot of a Song of Ice and Fire miniature painting tutorials. He's already been messaging me, being like, "Oh, this game, this looks amazing." Like he's like, "I can't wait to to get some sculpts and start doing some painting tutorials." And me too. And I saw that that zombie Hulk. Like, oh my gosh, that's gonna be a wonderful to paint. And I know you don't have to paint him, but it certainly does add a a nice look to the table. And and uh, oh my gosh. That's definitely one of the first ones I reached to paint. Fabio, are you going to do any uh, any painting of these? Probably. I Honestly, I've never tackled something as big as Galactus, and that's where I have my eyes on. I think it will be a challenge because, like, that, I think you can't really cheat on the washes in a mini mm. that big, right? You mm-hmm. actually need to do the, 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 the blending of the colors, and I think that's going to be a really big challenge. But apart from that, I have my few, my favorite Marvel characters, which I will paint. And honestly, even the bystanders, because I think they can work really well in a lot of different games and they can just to make 
dioramas and scenarios, which is something I like. You're, you're known for making some pretty cool dioramas. So I want to see what you come up with there. That might be a, a thing I'd be certainly interested in following up on. So Galactus, you know, he's insane. That piece is, a, you know, so one of the cool things you revealed is that Galactus is both, a, you have a zombie version and a regular version. And you said that that's going to be actually a gameplay, a, somehow feature into gameplay as a piece if people so elect to get it. That's that's absolutely insane. You guys, you know, you're, I feel like your creativity has overfloweth here. Oh, yeah. We're, we're already pretty far ahead with that, actually. And it's it's really interesting to see how it's shaping up. And I'm, I'm very eager. Uh, it's funny because... I'm already I already want to see how people react and and how the, the players are going to see when they open this game but to think that it's actually pretty far ahead still right and uh, we the kickstarter still has to go up and there's a lot of road ahead and it's really interesting to me this is going to be very interesting and and a, really a learning opportunity wow it's fantastic and congratulations on uh your first designer credit here and uh, Michael Sinal I guess good work as usual. I know you, you're a man of many talents and, and has got his fingers in a lot of projects. Um, but once again, another big IP, and I'm excited to see where that goes. So if people, are, uh, if people want to actually bump into you, Michael, and talk to you more about Marvel Zombicide, uh, it sounds like you might be at a convention soon. Where, where could people find you? Uh, that is correct. At the end of this week, I will be heading down to San Diego Comic-Con or whatever equivalent they're calling it this year, because I think it has a special name. It's over Thanksgiving weekend here down in San Diego. Actually, my first time returning to the States in almost two years. Welcome um, back. <laughs> Yes, we shall see how the lands have changed. <laughs> it's like it seems like since you've gone, it's like a shadow has lifted. There's been no, just kidding. Uh, and uh, so, in, you know, in spirit, we know you're big on on the hugs, right? So people they see you going for the big zombie hug, especially in current conditions. There's a picture uh, from a convention about five years ago where a bunch of our employees and people that we had volunteering all just decided to just group hug me. And it's funny because every so often I just have to go and repost that picture in our general work bulletin and with just various X's cross spaces. <laughs> and that list just keeps getting bigger as time goes on. And that's an unrelated story. But to change topics entirely, uh, at the convention, I know we're actually giving away some, I, I say promo Thor models, but they're just <gasps> the models from the Sweet. core game. Like they're the exact same ones you'll get in there, just you're getting them early. So I, that's why I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to call them like promos or anything to get people the wrong impression that like they're a limited thing or whatnot. They're, right. they're literally the same thing that's in the core box, just a bunch that were in pre-production that we bring into the convention. So if you want to get one like early and like have like a little cool thing until the Kickstarter arrives, you get that. But again, in no way is that like an exclusive piece or anything like that. Oh man. A little cool thing. It's a Thor model. It's That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I guess what, what do you say when Thor is one of the smaller ones in there when you have guys like zombie Hulk and everything? Oh my gosh. That'd be a great chance to show, showcase some of the, uh, the amazing sculpts you have like up close. So if you can make it to the San Diego comic-con, make sure you check it out. Get yourself a Thor promo miniature. Say hi to Michael Chanel from a safe distance. Uh, you don't want to get, you know, the zombie plague and, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. I'm really excited for this one. Like I said, Black Plague was a zombie side version that I got a lot of playtime in with. And that was actually one of the games that I, when I returned to game, the sets that I actually painted up 
before really getting into wargaming again. And uh, that kind of sparked my re-entry into the hobby side of things. So lots of fond memories with that. So this one's going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, keep up the good work with all you're doing. And we're looking forward to the other stuff you got coming down the line and and especially this project and other projects as well. So thanks so much for coming Thank on. Thank you very much. Well, Chase, as usual, good talking to you. And I'm sure we can do this more as uh, we start doing more reveals. That would be, might I say, super. Strike three. We're done here. Oh, oh, I got it. Oh, crap. Now I I got it. Ten seconds later. Bobby, I emailed you a list of 999 zombie puns uh, you can use during the designer phase if it's not too late. So just, you know, it's helping Michael build character. But all right. And on that note, we're going to step on over to the coach's corner once again now. And I know we've got something really interesting uh, that we're going to explore this week. So let's talk with Brett Land for the 2021 U.S. National A Song of Ice and Fire champion. Brett, thanks for coming on to the coach's corner. Oh, absolutely. Always a pleasure to be here. So we've had some interesting things shared with you in the past. And my understanding is that this time you've got a a whole list you want to talk about. I want to talk about a whole list. And it's. I think it's a little bit crazy, but I am really excited to talk about this one because I think I think this list is going places. All right. Well, we love crazy here. So uh, what does this list do? Uh, Well, it literally just shoots. (laughs) Amazing. It's a list consisting of effectively what's four ranged units. And then it's got a support piece to make sure those ranged units are really nasty. This is this is uh, this is insanity. So, you know, I'm trying to think of what faction. Would I predict this sort of crazy gun line coming out of? What are we working with? It is not Night's Watch. I'll let you know. Oh, okay. All right. I Hmm. I, I think it can keep up with the Night's Watch's ability to shoot. Could it beat the gun line in a head-to-head? It would be a really interesting match. I'll say that. But uh, this is actually coming in from a faction that you wouldn't expect to be a shooty faction. But I think this list and this style of list makes them just that. This is coming from Targaryen. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I was tinkering around because I wanted to... To mess around with some lists using a Grey Worm commander because generally you see Mother of Dragons and Khal Drogo, but I wanted to get some love out of Grey Worm. So looking through his abilities, you see that he has Boldness and Courage. In the 2021 reworked version of Boldness and Courage, it works on ranged and melee attacks. So I was, oh yeah, I was really liking him in a unit of Bastards Girls because they're a really good unit anyway. But if you can increase their attacks to five ranged attacks and seven melee attacks at full rank, it ends up being a really nasty unit. And the Targaryens have a lot of movement shenanigans available to them. Additionally, the ability to essentially block their opponent from the maneuver zone with field control. These Bastards Girls can really get around the field with Grey Worm. So I started to think, how can I, how can I? just make this ridiculous well i got to thinking about the unsullied officer who has relentless this is an ability that we've seen from the watch captain and night's watch now uh, targaryens don't have crossbows but what they do have is more bastards girls so you can put <laughs> you can put a an, an unsullied officer in a unit of bastards girls now we're at 17 points now a perfect synergy piece for bastards girls in general is jorah's solo model uh jorah the wandering knight because what he does is he selects an enemy in long range and for that turn, friendly units attacking that unit get to re-roll their attack dice and those dice gain precision. Now, the Bastards Girls have charging volley. So if you're using Grey Worm's unit, you would have five ranged attacks that can re-roll all misses and they gain 
using precision. And then if you charging volley, you'll get seven melee attacks, which will also be rerolling all of their attack dice and gain precision. And you'll get the vulnerable token from the Bastards Girls tracker bow. Now that's a lot of damage and that's a lot of dice coming in with rerolls and precision. It can do a lot of hurt. And so far, everything you're talking about here is movement six. Everything is movement six. So what do I, we've accounted for 20 points of our list. So what do I add to it? Two unit of outriders. <laughs> they're horse archers. They're so mobile and their their new ability where they can bypass their free cavalry maneuver and take a free sh- or take a shot that gains long range and plus one to hit. So now you're looking at a horse archer that can shoot 12 inches, seven dice on a three plus. So man, and it's keeping that mobility. You got that down in spades. Now. Yeah. So the entire list here is movement six. Now I pair these guys with Tycho because the, the army lacks a little bit of defense. Uh, your best defense is actually the outriders at a five plus or no, I'm sorry. It's Jorah with a four plus, but he's only got three wounds. And after that, you're basically on t-shirts. But what these guys do do is zip around the board and basically get to wherever they want to be. And what they do is shoot. So you've got the tracker's bow giving a vulnerable token automatically after each time the Bastards Girls complete a ranged attack. So what you can do is start off your round with a shot from the Bastards Girls, and then the Outriders can actually take advantage of that vulnerable token to push extra damage through from their shots. Now, as I calculate it, this list without any tactics board is shooting five times in a round. So the Outriders will shoot twice, the Bastards Girls can shoot twice, and the Unsullied Officer will allow the Bastards Girls to shoot a third time. That is a lot of damage. And then Jorah, you can cherry pick which unit gets the re-rolls and the precision. So is the idea here that you're just going to try an alpha strike and like just wipe one of the opponent's units off the board and then try and keep that uh, that lead from there? Yeah, absolutely. And then from there, I think, I think after they wipe out a unit or two, which shouldn't be overly difficult with that number of shots, you can really start to use the mobility of the Outriders to either, you know, forego the three plus to hit and just go ahead and maneuver them and then put them in a better position like over to a flank and then start shooting. Or you can move march them their full 18 and start to lap around any of those gaps that have opened up because you've killed the unit. Then once you get these guys behind, uh, they can't face all those directions at once. So I think from there, it would probably start to go downhill pretty quickly. And keeping in mind that Battle Endurance, a tactics card from uh, Grey Worm's deck, does work on ranged attacks. And it gets stronger and stronger as the game goes on. But all of wow. the benefits are amazing. So starting with the, the three plus, you can reroll me- any misses. Then you get four plus uh, sundering. Then five plus critical blow. Then six plus plus two attack dice. Reach of those uh, those pluses. Those are all based in the game round. So yeah, that's going to add up. And it's, it's going to be painful. Absolutely painful on any of your units that you play this on. So you're running this with uh, the House Bolton Bastards Girls with Grey Worm, Unsullied Commander. Uh, another unit of Bastards Girls with Unsullied Officer, Jorah Mormont, the Wandering Knight, and then two Dothraki Outriders, Tycho, Nestor- Nestoris, and then who are you running as your second NCU uh, again? This is, a, this is kind of a flex point. So you and, and you can actually flex Tycho out of this list. I think you've got a lot of options that you can that you can do at that four point mark. Um, you don't have to have Tycho again. I just like him as a safety valve in case one of these units gets caught and trapped down and you don't think they can survive. Now, they are misleadingly survivable because the entire army is a five plus morale or better as well. But having Tycho to kind of bail you out of a sticky situation is really nice. But you could insert uh, Peter Baelish. Um, you could insert the Khalees 
Lisi if you want to keep the condition tokens off of your units and ensure that you don't waste the rerolls from Battle Endurance or Jora to let your Bastards girls pretty much always reroll while they're in uh, melee. You could do Peter Baelish. Uh, this list only has two NCUs, so if you feel a little bit kind of weird not having a lot of tactics board control, Peter Baelish offers a lot of board control because he can essentially block a zone your opponent needs while utilizing a different zone. But really, it's up to you whatever NCUs you want to use. I don't think you can go wrong. I like Illyrio Mapatis. The Outriders can actually charge and tie a unit up a lot better than you would think because of their 5 plus defense, 5 plus morale. But additionally, if you're using Illyrio to hand out weakened tokens, they can really hold up a unit of uh, your your opponent's nasty hitters for a lot longer than you would think. So mm. I like Illyrio in that role. Well, this looks like a lot of fun. It's actually what I want to try out here. Uh, and so if you're listening, give this list a shot and let us know what tweaks you make and any success you have with it. And uh, I'm excited to hear about people's adventures with it. It looks like a lot of arrows. That, you know, people will be fighting in the shade, I think, against this. <laughs> They'll be fighting in the shade. All right, Brett. Well, thank you so much. We'll see what we uh, what sort of feedback we get. And uh, we'll look forward to see what you have next week on The Coach's Corner. Absolutely. That's a lot to talk about this episode. So Zombie Side, A Song of Ice and Fire. Be sure to head on over to the On the Table Gaming Facebook group to join in the conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts on both of these things, both the, the Targaryen gun line list and the upcoming Marvel Zombie Side. And thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters who without this, we would not be able to have an ad-free podcast as such. And in the meantime, we hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs> Thank you.